Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Now, here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another beautiful episode of IG2G. You're looking at episode 53. Today, do you like to be annihilated? I do. I think it's the best thing in the whole world. You might get something on that. Do you have some rage issues? Do you have problems? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that today, too, and a whole bunch of other stuff, because Matt's got it coming for you, Eric's got it coming for you, and we're coming at you with all the rage and annihilation in our hearts. Number five. So first up on the releases this week, it's a game that I, it's, it's so near and dear to my heart that you guys are probably sick of hearing me talk about it. It's my 2018 game of the year, and it came out on a new platform on the 9th of May for PC, developed by Ryuga Gotoku Studio. You know what I'm talking about. Published by Sega. You know what I'm talking about. It's Yakuza Kiwami 2. If you haven't played Yakuza Kiwami 2 before, get it on your PC right now. I, I will still say this is probably the second best Yakuza game I've ever played. Yakuza 0, I still think, is the bigger and better bang for your buck. But Yakuza Kiwami 2 is awesome. You will have so much fun with it. You've heard all the fun that I've had with it. I mean, if you like crime stories, this is it. If you like brawlers, this is it. If you like mini games, this is it. If you like just silly stuff, if you like just if you like a character that doesn't take himself too seriously, that's Kiryu. He's put in all these goofy situations, but he's also a total badass when it comes to the story segments. So this game has it all. I mean, more people should play it. More people will play it because now it's on PC. Yakuza Kiwami 2, you know I had to talk about it at least one more time on this show. Number four. First up for me today, we have a very special title, one that both myself and Mr. Matt will be playing over on Twitch, so if you'd like to see some of that, you should probably head on over there whenever we're live. I'm talking about Rage 2. It was released May 14th. Yes, that's right. Today, on the dot, on the money for Microsoft, Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. It was developed by Avalanche Studios with some help from id Software themselves. It was published by, of course, Bethesda Software, and it takes place... About 30 years or so after the first Rage, which came out several years back, you are a lone ranger, walker. You can choose female, male, a couple little things here and there, so a little customization is allowed. And it is in a post-apocalyptic world, a meteor or asteroid, whatever, came down, boom, exploded everything, blew it all up to the ground. Very few survived. Those that did became mutated, crazy, weird. Orders were established in different various areas, all sorts of varied baddies for you to go around and kill. The premise is you want to create law and order, and to do so you have to kill many, 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 many bad guys and destroy the evil tyrant dictatorship that's trying to take over the whole area and get a hold of this nanotech which will give them the power to do so. So, you're out there instead using the nanotech, collecting the nanotech to improve your abilities yes you do get cool abilities as a ranger so you'll be able to like lift people up slam them down do all sorts of cool kinetic weird things up your hp up your ammo all sorts of cool stuff that you can do with that you also of course get varied guns so you'll be out there shooting with shotties assault rifles bfgs yes you heard it right if you get this limited special edition which that's only what it's for right now However, I'm sure it'll come on sale or something like that in a microtransaction later. Who knows? You can get a BFG, everybody. Woo! And the returning favorite from Rage 1, if you didn't know, is the wing stick. Oh, yeah. You get to go out there cutting heads off, casting multiple targets, flicking them around, going nuts. 
It looks like a blast. The environments look really cool and colorful compared to the last one. The gunplay itself looks great. If you played the most recent Doom by id, then you're going to know what I'm talking about. It's very fast-paced, very, very, uh, I don't know, brutal, gory. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but just real in it. You know, when you when you hit somebody, you feel their body go bleh, thudding across the ground, blood exploding, explosions everywhere, all the barrels blow up, vehicles blow up, all sorts of things are exploding going on. The environments are, like I said, awesome. The people are crazy. You guys and gals will get to see a whole bunch more of this because we'll be playing it on the old Twitchers. And if we beat it and whatnot, maybe we'll do in a What You're Playing Third Shift a little bit more about how we felt about it. Or who knows, maybe right here in IG2G. I don't know, but stay tuned. Number three. Now, next up on the releases, we got a game that I've been keeping an eye on for quite a while. And I've been, I've been kind of hemming and hawing. I don't know if I'm going to get it or not. But this dropped on the 2nd of May. It's called Valhalla Cyberpunk Bartender Action, developed by Sukeban Games and published by Isbrio Games. This is the launch for the Switch and PS4 versions only. I believe it's already been out for the Vita and the PC, and I feel like something else, but I'm not 100% sure. Anyway, what the heck is Valhalla Cyberpunk Bartender Action? You're it's a bartender in the cyberpunk world. You work at a bar and you make drinks for people. But it's so much more than that. This is a cool like visual novel style narrative game set in the cyberpunk city, obviously in the future. But what's kind of unique about this, one, you do play a fixed character. It's a girl named, I believe it's Jill, and she has her own personality, her own quirks. She responds to questions in her own way, so there's not like the, the dialogue prompts of, oh man, how do you want to talk to this guy, blah, 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 blah. But what you can do to influence how the story goes or how people interact with you or how they open up to you is you make them drinks. And that's basically what this game is all about. Like, you'll be working your shift, character will come up across the bar from you, say, hey, you know, maybe I'm feeling blue and maybe you don't know this guy too well. Oh, well, what, what, what do you like? Oh, I like something sweet and something whatever. And then you find in your little bartender's book a drink that matches what he needs or, you know, maybe he's feeling blue and then the description of the drink is this will help lift your spirits or something like that so if you make them appropriate drinks to get them into or out of the mood that they want to get into or out of it'll help open them up you'll get to learn more about their story which will progress the narrative of the game as a whole and you get to move on from there or which i've seen in a couple other reviews you know, if a character is just rubbing you the wrong way, you don't really want to know too much about them. You don't really want to have to deal with them. Make them a really crappy drink. Make like the opposite of what they want. They'll clam up. You don't have to, you know, go down their story path and, and deal with them all the time. So that's basically what this is. It's a visual novel where the main gameplay gimmick is receiving orders from characters who you get to know and, you know, get to know their backstory and all this stuff. But you make them drinks and... The story progresses that way. I mean, it sounds kind of weird when I say it out loud, but if you watch some gameplay of it or, or watch some reviews where you get to see, like, you know, they're making the drinks in action, you get to see the reactions of the people, and you get to see some dialogue going back and forth, watch something and see if this appeals to you because it almost sort of appeals to me, but I'm not really sure. And I think the the only thing that doesn't appeal to me is maybe the graphics or the presentation of it. Because, I mean, the game does look good. It's got a good pixel art style, and I love everything that's cyberpunk. So you get, you know, you're in that world. There's the neon, there's the dark contrast between the dark and the neon and all that stuff. But I think what what bugs me about it, and again, if you watch some reviews or some gameplay, you'll see it, is the customers and, like, the 
you know, the, the bar that you're in, it's in a small window on the left-hand side of the screen. And the whole right-hand side of the screen is taken up with the, like the mixology elements, like all the ingredients that can go into a drink and, you know, how you shake the tin and add the ice and stuff. That's all like on the right half of the screen. So when you're interacting with something, someone, it's all on just one side of the screen. It's the picture of them, their dialogue box, the background. But then when you open up like your bartender's book to look at the drinks, that goes completely over the person and your dialogue box and stuff. So I think that's probably what kind of turns me off about it because the graphics are good, but the presentation is kind of strange. And the predominant color in all the windows, it's black. I mean, it's got the neon outlines around things and all the text in white, so it's really easy to read. But it just it just doesn't it just doesn't please my eye the way something like say the last night or ah, there is some other gosh I can't remember what it's called there is some other cyberpunk game that takes place in a bar, but I think it's more dialogue choice based anyway whatever. But you see the whole bar that's like your whole screen is just a scene of the bar. So with it being cramped to the side, maybe that's why this doesn't speak to me so much. But Graphics are good. Art style looks cool. Like the characters look stylish and funky. Like cyberpunk, like good cyberpunk stuff does. I've heard the music is awesome. Another cool thing that you can do if you love that music. I mean, obviously the music will come and go as the storyline progresses. You know, appropriate moments will have appropriate music. But if you're playing through it like a second time or you, you kind of know what's going on, you can arrange your own playlist for each night that you're working in the bar. So if you want to just, oh, I'm feeling I'm feeling really blue myself as a player, I'm going to put on some happy music or some sad music, whatever, whatever strikes your fancy, you can make the game sound and feel like you want it to sound and feel. So you can do all that in the bar. What about outside of the bar? Well, of course, Jill does go home. She's at her apartment, which you can, I think you can buy items and decorate it and kind of, some of the reviews almost made it sound like like you manage her stats. Like to keep her happy, you put new posters on the wall and stuff. So I don't know if she has her own like, you know, sim style action bars. I haven't seen anything like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's under the hood somewhere. And that's also where, you know, she's playing on her phone, she's reading the news, she's finding out what's going on in the city, in the world at large that is affecting all the patrons in her bar that she has to deal with. So maybe if you don't read that news story, you can't talk to them about the oppression of the of the cyberpunks. I don't know, you know, you know, stuff stuff like that. So, if this does sound appealing to you, if you like visual novels and you like cyberpunk stuff, maybe this is probably going to be right up your alley. Like I said, watch some reviews, watch some videos, watch some gameplay, see if the presentation is what you would like, because this sounds awesome. So half of me is like, yeah, I should go download it right now after this podcast, but the other half's like, I don't. Ah, there's so many other cyberpunk games that are so much more colorful and bright and appealing to the eye. So I don't know. Take some, take a look, take a gander, see if Valhalla cyberpunk bartender action is for you. Number two. My second choice for the day for everybody to learn about is the Nintendo Labo ToyCon 04 VR kit for the Nintendo Switch. It was released May 12th, 2019. Of course, it is for the Nintendo Switch because it is a cardboard cutout little whole patch roo job that you build and construct yourself or with your kids, family, friends, whatever, you know, you want to do into this really cool headset. And of course, there's more to it and I'll explain in a minute. But you stick your Switch inside with the handle sticking out and you stick it up to your face and they've got 
a whole bunch of different cool little mini games for you to play and experience and check out with this simulated VR up to your head. So, what I think is really cool about it is, like I said, there's a whole bunch of cool little games that they've already built for you. But along with that, if you get the $80 full kit, it comes with a camera, a bird, a wind pedal, an elephant, a blaster, and of course the VR headset, which I just told you about. You can get the $40 version, which just includes the headset and the blaster. And then you can get the rest later on as you see fit through little uh, add-on packs. But if you buy the full one, you like I said, you get the headset and you get all these other things. And the neatness of it all, of course, building them takes anywhere from a few hours to many, many, many hours. So you're going to get a ton of time building these things. And once you build them, they're very, very sturdy. They got that really thick, nice cardboard, as we talked about with the original Nintendo Labo setup. They'll be permanently there. So you'll be able to always pull this sucker out for 80 bucks. get your friends, relatives, whomever, put on the headsets and the different things they've got for you, and just experience these really cool mini-games and little micro VR experiences. It's a it's a fantastic, cheap, inexpensive way. I shouldn't say cheap, inexpensive way to get your hands wet with a little bit of VR. Yeah, the resolution's not going to be fantastic. You're looking at a 720 screen, about you know, a couple inches from your face. So you're not going to be getting some awesome, awesome, crazy, cool, hyper, you know, graphic experience here. So of course, you're not seeing like true VR in a sense. All you're seeing is the glasses or these special lenses that kind of change the image to wrap around and make you feel like you're immersed. It's an inexpensive way to get into VR and really check it out. And of course, since Nintendo made it, you know that these little games and gimmicks that they've got for you with these different uh, Labo pieces that you set up together are going to be really cool, really neat, and really fun, especially for the younger ones. But even for the older, hey, if you got an imagination, as we talked about the original Nintendo Labo, this may be something for you to pick up. So if you have a Switch and you're interested in Labo and you're interested in VR, 80 bucks is a pretty dang nice price to get in there and check it out. I will warn many, many different websites all say the same thing, however, in that having to hold this headset up to your face the entire time does become taxing on your eyes and your arms, but... As the Nintendo Labo VR thing will tell you itself, it wants you to take a lot of breaks. doesn't want you immersed in this for a long period of time. So maybe that's a good thing because it allows you to, you know, take it off, take a break, go do something else and come back later. I don't know. That's up to you. But I just wanted to say since, like, every review I read out there says the exact same thing, I might as well mention too. But it looks neat. It looks cool. I really like the Labo and what they're doing with it. I would like to get it when my daughter's going to get a little bit older, a little more into that kind of thing. Until then, though, if this is up your alley, check it out. Number one. And last but not least on the releases this week, this is another game that I've been keeping an eye on for quite a while, but for a really strange reason. Because in the indie game developers topic on Twitter that just kind of scrolled through my feed because I like all the stuff from Devolver and Chucklefish and all that stuff. But I've been watching the some pixel art and some GIFs of this game from the creator of it. He'll post up, hey, you know, I got a new car animation. I got a new this or that animation. Show a little GIF of it and I go, man, that looks really cool. What's that game? It's Shakedown Hawaii. This came out on the 7th of May, developed and published by V-Blank Entertainment for PC, PS4, Switch, and Vita. Oh my god, Vita's still alive. Who even knew? But this is basically the sequel to Retro City Rampage. If anybody knows Retro City Rampage, it was an 8-bit 
Grand Theft Auto inspired game. Now I know everybody went nuts about it back in the day. I never played it, so I don't know if this is the same type of deal or not. This is basically the 16-bit version of that. But what I didn't know when I was looking at the screenshots and GIFs and all this stuff is this is a pretty funny game. This is a very satirical game. In this game, you basically take on the role of an old-school CEO of one of these old-school companies that's trying to find its place in the modern world because he's lost all this market share because, you know, oh, his, his cab companies are losing money because Uber is now a thing. And he, he's, he, he's just this old guy who's trying to adapt to a, a millennial world. But what's really cool about it is just the satirical nature of it. Like, you go through the game and, I mean, you do some criminal stuff because the GTA comparison is valid here but it kind of leans more into the property acquisition and property management things of stuff like, what was it, GTA Vice City Stories. I think Saints Row, a couple of the Saints Row had these you know aspects where you could buy the store, you could improve it, or in this case, buy a building, make some improvements and upgrades to it, and then it will generate money for you that you earn to buy more buildings and do all this other stuff. Now, what you also do in this game is you run around with, I mean, you can run around with weapons and steal cars and do all the other GTA stuff, but what makes it unique, like I've said, is the satirical, goofy storyline. And I can't, I, I didn't watch too many story beats because I didn't want to spoil it for myself because I'm sure I'm going to pick this up pretty soon, or if not, at least somewhere down the line. But there was one bit I saw where he was trying to remarket his like failing pop brand or soda brand, if you're some kind of weird person that says soda as like a, a gamer fuel energy drink. So the whole scene, the scene that I watched was he was putting together the commercial for gamer fuel with this cool rapper and you played as the rapper and like he, they hand him the controller and it's shooting it like through the camera lens and the command at the top is just mash buttons while he's trying to like look cool like he's playing this game and like take a swig of the drink and oh man, shout out random stuff. And then it cuts immediately to like the YouTube reaction videos and you know, <laughs> and freaking big headline articles on websites saying how oh what a what a crappy marketing campaign this is and then your your old dumpy CEO is like oh what the hell do we have to do now I'll rebrand everything again redo it so if you want some 16-bit GTA action something that feels kind of like that but you don't want that really dark tone this is going to be the game for you. This is going to be the game for me watching more videos of it. Like he's mowing down people with a car, but there's no blood. There's no bodies everywhere. People kind of, I think when you kill people, they kind of explode like in a little flash and they're gone. Kind of like, you know, the old 16 bit era. So if you want to do some GTA style stuff, but you don't want to feel like such a total scumbag. I mean, you are doing scumbaggy stuff but it's all in the service of silliness and fun and satire. Apparently there's a really good segment of this game all about the video game industry. So obviously your CEO is going to get in on that at some point. Go ahead and check this game out. It's got a really unique art style. It's really good pixel art, but then like I said, the, I mean, the colors are bright and flashy and kind of put me in the mind of like an eighties game, like pops of neon and stuff all over the place. But like I said, your character and the characters he associates with are kind of humorously grotesque and ugly. You'll know what I mean if you see it. Apparently the soundtrack is also really good. You know, some bumping synth tunes, all 80s style. So one of the only negatives I've heard about this game, and it applies to most like property management or games where you make money to spend money to make more money, 
is I've heard that, you know, as you get started, it feels right. Like you're slowly gaining more money to buy this building, and then you slowly upgrade it to be able to get more money so you can afford this other building. But there's apparently a certain point, and obviously it's really hard for devs to control this because this happens again in every other game I've ever played like this, where you have just so much money rolling in that you just are buying up blocks at a time. You're upgrading, the, you know, as soon as you buy a building, you can upgrade it all the way. So you can buy the other buildings, so you can upgrade it all the way. And it just kind of loses the the momentum or the charm of the the whole overarching reason why you're doing it. But again, from what I've heard, the story itself is hilarious. It looks hilarious. It sounds hilarious. So if, if you want a little stroll down GTA memory lane with a fresh coat of paint and a little bit of silliness thrown in instead of that kind of depressing and dark old school GTA feel, go check out Shakedown Hawaii. Imposter's topic of the day. So the topic today I've been looking around me lately, and I've been going, man, I'm seeing all these flash in the pans from the past. You've been having the Spyro reignited come back out, the Crash Bandicoot remastered, Resident Evil 2 remake, all these things. And there's been plenty of more, and there are more to come, like the Medieval, Final Fantasy VII's being redone, all sorts. I'm just boom, boom, boom. I feel like it's being like shots fired at us all over the place of these old games that we used to love, and of course, maybe still love. Mm Mm-hmm being redone and i don't know whether it's just a fad i don't know if there's just something that's here to stay i don't know if it's something that's happened a bunch in the past but i've never really paid too close attention to so i thought we'd maybe go back and forth a little bit on do we like it do we dislike it do we think it's something that's just happening now and it will go away or if it's always been happening a ton what's up with it what, what are your general thoughts so just my general thoughts on this as with so many things i'm kind of torn because when you brought it up, I was like, man, yeah, there are too many damn remakes and remasters. Sheesh, that's, that's, uh, I don't like it. And I was like, I'm getting, I'm going to get an old man argument. I'm going to get my cane out and I'm going to shake my fist at these kids on my lawn. And then I went, but yeah, when they said Catherine full body, I went, uh huh, yeah, I'm getting that 100%. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get it because I literally get it. My physical person says, if you remake one of my favorite games of all time, or even just from the past generation, I'm going to get it. But at the same time, there's that, I don't know if it's a cynical part of me, or just that guy who's like, I've seen those games before. And, maybe we'll get into this more later, most of the original games you can still get, and fairly easily, via digital downloads or, I mean, physical media still. You can get them on eBay. You can still get it and play it, the original version. So so I'm yes and I'm no, because I always am. What about you, Eric? (laughs) General thoughts is that I have no problem with it. And why I say this is because I liked them back in the day. I liked most of these games way back when. And a lot of them that are coming back are games that people loved back in the day true so therefore for me i just see it being redone i go okay that's really cool it's not for me Mm -hmm. but i i appreciate it and i appreciate the fact that new people that never got a chance to play some of these games get to play them especially since they're enhanced usually redone and in such a way that makes sense for this generation and i I like that and i appreciate that so I'm like, oh, on one end, like you said, well, this is past stuff. You guys got to come out with new games, new ideas. But you'll also notice that a lot of these games that are being remastered and redone are being done like by secondary studios that True. are kind of, you know, just gnashing their teeth at that, getting in the groove. You know, it's a lot of hard work. 
But obviously, it's not the same as making a brand new IP. Mm-hmm. You're just taking everything that existed before it, cleaning it up, maybe adding a little bit in here, a little movements, better movement control, things like that, mapping, et cetera, et cetera, and then you're releasing it. So it's not like you're getting, in most instances, you're not getting the big time uh, first parties spending a whole bunch of time on remastering or remaking a project. So... I don't get too up in arms about that because a lot of people say they need to be focusing on new IPs. And I'm like, well, these are secondary studios that yeah, aren't putting out original IPs anyway, really. So it, what harm is it? Yeah, I think I think what you just brought up is one of my beefs that I had when I was thinking about it more. I'm saying, well, it's good that more people get to play it now. and But you combo that with the fact that, oh, now it's got enhancements. So it's like... So would people not enjoy the original anymore? I mean, I'm sure, you know, old games do sometimes get jankety and things, but good games are good games, no matter how good they look or play or sound or whatever. They were hits back then for a reason. And like I said, since so many of these games, you can buy Final Fantasy VII on literally anything in the entire world. Anything that will run electricity, you can play Final Fantasy VII on it. So why do you need a whole new remake to introduce more people to the great thing. I can point at a thing and you can play Final Fantasy VII on it. Like, I, I, I get it, but at the same time, that's one of the things that I don't... You can play it. You can get introduced to it now, right now, yourself, anytime you want. If you hear that it was good and I enjoyed it a lot, boop, now you have it. Now you play it. You don't need something like this to... You, you know, I don't know. I, I am that old man. I'm a, cran- I'm a cranky old I was man. I going to say... I, it sounds like the old man because from where I come from and where I'm seeing everything, in 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 an in instance of say Final Fantasy VII and especially Resident Evil Two that was just redone, mm-hmm. both of these and I can't speak for FF Seven per se because I haven't played it, but both of these were amazing titles back when they were made. Mm-hmm. We can agree on that. Everybody agrees on that. However, we're old, all right, and those titles as they were back then do not equal good today resident evil 2 had terrible controlling laughable voice acting you know Uh all sorts of hokey problems and issues that made it today not that fun to play i mean i guess the the voice acting's laughable it always has been so it's kind of like a a treasure for resident evil but i I guess i get it for resident evil because it wouldn't be scary today so that that one that one's a a mood overall thing i think Mm -hmm. something like Final Fantasy, which is the one I really latched onto, obviously, the music's still going to be there. The story's still going to be there. The characters are still going to be there. I've, when I listen to that old music, it hits those notes for me. Yep. And you just said the key word, Matt. When I listen to that old music. No, see, that's, Kids that's these music. Days, that, Matt, that, you're no. an old man, and that was old music. That's Kids it's don't true care that I'm about old 8-bit man. music anymore. The, but, Kids don't like that. What's, <laughs> we're talking about Final Fantasy VII music. It wasn't that bad. It still no, has those. That bad. <laughs> well, then again, here's a question for that. If you have orchestral sounding music like that are you going to re-record it all and make it sound different now because i think that's yes, it is being re-recorded <sighs> i'm, I'm going full old beats. man i don't like shit. no way uh, oh, no yeah way. it is i no knew way. i could get God it out it. of you i knew i could get it out of you <laughs> yes like this particular remake i believe it's all re-orchestrated uh they've even got like some hybrid beats going in there from the tunes and stuff going on so <sighs> it and then of course the graphics completely redone i don't know what yeah, yeah, the story yeah. but you've seen the trailer everybody's seen the trailer by now if you haven't go check it out mm. 
I personally like it, and I think it's awesome because, like I said, we're old people, and no, you know the kid, younger generations don't want to go back and play some 32-bit game or 16-bit game or 8-bit game just because we say it was an awesome game. Maybe if they get really into it, they'll want to go back and explore its origins or where it came from and enjoy it from that perspective. Yeah. But realistically, are you going to go back? If someone told you an awesome PS2 game right now, would you go back and play it? Possibly. Likely, likelihood is no. <laughs> I'm an old man gamer, though. Chance. I love that shit. <laughs> but even so, there's so many good games coming out nowadays. You already have a backlog a mile long. Mm. The chances of you realistically going back and doing it are small. And you grew up with those games and been through it. Now, some some younger individual who grew up PlayStation 3 up, even PlayStation 2 up, you go, oh, go play this uh, 16-bit game from the original PlayStation, Super Nintendo, whatever era. Yeah, oh, yeah, ha, 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 yeah, cool, cool, cool. It's yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. That game dies. It's over. Once me and you, our little eyes wither and turn white and we can't see anymore and our tongues fall out, the game's over, Matt. No one ever remember it. No one will ever know it. That's true. By being carried forward into the future and redone so that it has the graphics, has the, the music, has the voice acting, has all the things that are common in good games nowadays, mm-hmm. and the controls, that's the most important part for me, really. They can play it, and they, too, can appreciate how awesome the story was, how ridiculous and fun it was to play. Now, okay, you're starting to win me back around a little bit, because I, I, think, I think what you said really sparked something in my brain you know making it look good i think hmm, how how can i do this without going into a big example final fantasy 6 loved it loved the original played the crap out of it it's been remade like two or three or four or five times on the different systems but like the latest one like for iphone and then got ported to pc was the iphone version it has like no soul like the the graphics and everything are it's, it's too much to go into but like the the menu system is all just plain and generic and dopey looking. So I mm. I feel like remakes or remasters from a team that loves it and can put a good like a uniform style to it. Like, you know, oh here's we're going through this graphic engine, so we're gonna take that and apply it to all this. Make it give it some love, give it some shine, give it some polish. Then I'm totally okay with some teenager playing Final Fantasy VI remake on his phone, as long as it just doesn't look like garbage like that one does. Mm-hmm. You know, I it's well, I, I I feel you. It's entirely possible to screw these things up, mm-hmm. and obviously nobody. If you do that, you ruined it. Because I see where you're coming from. Taking a great title from the past, something we cherish and and go on about as old men and women do. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that, was, that was a good game. That was the best game. Better than these games these days. And then they remake it. But the company that does it gets the controls wrong, gets the colorations wrong, gets the scheming. I mean, just doesn't do it right. Right. Doesn't do it with the passion. And all of a sudden, you're like, yeah, there it is. And they go play it, and it's hot garbage. Yeah. And now they look at you and go, you're an idiot. Your opinion sucks. You're a moron. You go, no, that's not the game. It's, mm. It isn't what it was. And they go, okay, oh, roast tin glasses. Oh, you thought you played a great game. You're just an idiot, and you were a kid. Right, and you right. thought it was good. And you're like... No, that's not it at all. And mm. then you're sad, and no one cares about what you say anymore, so you go drink liquor and die in a corner. I yeah, get it. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> I understand. Mm. I, I'm cool with remakes of things that I love and done by teams that love the original. So they can make mm. it, they can put their soul into it or bring the soul out of it. You know what I'm saying? When, when I see stuff that's just like, oh, look, now it's on this device and we've made it look like it feels like it didn't have any 
any love put into it. That's that's my big problem. And also when you that's remake something, it's like grab. yeah, yeah. And also if you remake something that's like from PS3 era right now, like you, it's you did it already. I don't know. Yeah, and it, well, and it's close enough to being fresh and yeah. new. Then why bother? I, th- I feel like you're just once again like we just said trying to cash in mm. this this item hot this particular type of game is hot let's try to just shine it up polish something up real quick and bring it out for the masses and yeah. see if they like it but i will say the current the current scope of these games like spyro uh the medieval that's being redone which some people are hating on mm. i don't know i think it's cool i appreciate it i used to play that one a long time ago nice. so i have a little soft spot for it so i'm interested in that one looking forward to it the final Sa- final fantasy 7 remake that one looks amazing and even the touch-ups that they've been doing with like uh ff12 and re-releasing those oh yeah yeah the ones where they're just kind of sprucing things up, touching it up, and re-releasing. I don't, you know, I always get the remastered remakes, yeah, all yeah. those mixed up on which one's the one where they actually go in and add all new systems and things, the which same. one they just clean up and make pretty. I don't remember. I get it confused. And that's like a whole war on Twitter now. People are like, oh man, I really like this remaster. Oh, you know, it's not a remaster; it's a remake, it's just a right? Remake. Well, but what? I don't know. I don't yeah. know either. You got to figure out which one constitutes what. I think every time I think I have it down, my head goes flip and then i don't remember which one's supposed to be which anymore either way <laughs> I, I don't mind either of them you know as you guys have gathered by now mm-hmm. i think it's good for the system good for the world if these games carry forward as long as like you said it's done by teams that are passionate about that game yeah. that loved it like the sonic the one they redid with the sonic the hedgehog mm-hmm. got raving reviews everyone loved it said it was even better than sega's own sonic well still that's not shake. that's not a remaster or a remake that's a it's a fan-made game, basically. Yeah. yeah, reimagining. There you go. But they did it so spot on and so perfectly. Made the controls feel like Sonic the Hedgehog. Like you remember playing when you played Sonic the Hedgehog one and two and three. They did that. So if they if they did remake or remaster old ones, you know that team would do it right. Would do it right, exactly. So it's when teams like that take these games, carry them forward. I think it's awesome and it's okay and it's fine and it doesn't bother me. But like you said, I see on Twitter, I see on the video game, you know, magazines and web pages always arguing back and forth constantly about, oh, there's no creativity. Everyone's just rehashing all the old games again. Mm-hmm. And then, and then that's where it brings me to the last little part was, has this happened before? Has this always been going on and we just don't pay attention? Mm-hmm. And then when it comes up, everyone gets in a kerfuffle for a while and then it dies down again. Well, see, I, I know I've had this conversation, not with you, but with friends online when the Game Boy Advance came out. And they went, oh, man, we could put Super Metroid on it. We could put, oh, look, NES Classics. Now they're here on the Game Boy Advance. Here's Super Nintendo Classics. Now they're here on the Game Boy Advance. All the Mario Advance games. This was this was that. They were all remastered for the Game Boy Advance. And everybody loved it because you could play it on the go. But at the same time, everyone... They got like half of a pitchfork out and went, well, come on. I mean, is this all this is going to be for? Is this just the Super Nintendo and NES system? And then they came out with a million other great games for it, which so it wasn't a big concern. But I remember Mm -hmm. being not mad about it, but kind of irritated. Like, oh, what are the big releases this month? Donkey Kong Country 1, 2, and 3, all separate games for 30 bucks. Oh, okay. Well, what about next month? Metroid this, Metroid that, Link to the Past, all all the re-releases. And, you know, spruced up a little bit for the Game Boy on some of them. Some of them just ports. Mm-hmm. So it has happened before, and people did get a little bit up in arms about it. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel like I've had this conversation throughout the years several times with old buddies, like you said, before I met you, so like Shay and other guys and stuff, mm-hmm. when they do this and they would port over a bunch of games from the last gen or the two gens before it or just come out with, oh, it's a, a classic example too, is like Mortal Kombat's and mm-hmm. Street Fighters and the Maddens. And oh, yeah. You're seeing, you see these games and they, they keep... It's like rolling a ball down the hill. It just keeps gathering more and more. I feel like the years go by, and you get more of these titles that are just regurgitating themselves mm-hmm. over and over with bigger graphics, prettier graphics, and it's the same game exactly. Yeah. Just a new title slashed on it, and an- another character added in, and then people go, "What a what a what a heck!" What a or they love it, and they just eat it all up. And, and you always have both parties. Yeah. It drives me nuts that. We can never settle on any of this, whether bringing these games forward is good, whether regurgitating games and bringing the characters is good. <laughs> I think especially the Street Fighter example is one that, I mean, it rings true for me because I was a big Street Fighter fan back in the day. I would always hear people going, oh, geez, another Street Fighter. Why aren't they just going to do Street Fighter 3? But if you know the games inside and out, you do appreciate those little incremental improvements every time. Mm-hmm. And, hey, I used to play sports games all the time, so I'm going to say Madden, that's different because they, they redo the systems every year and they break this system one year, so then they fix it the next year and break this other one the next year. So it's always different, but... I, I 100% get what you're saying because I've been on I've been on both sides of that fence just as I always am. But I, that's why kind of why I bring that in there is because it humors me because a lot of individuals who do love the Maddens and the the Mortal Kombat's and the mm-hmm. Street Fighters and they hate the remakes and the remasters and I'm like you realize that these these cherished uh, games that keep reiterating themselves every year you're it's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. They're keeping themselves alive. They just do it every year instead of once every six, seven years or whatever. It's the same exact thing. It's yeah. the same game. You just added a couple characters. Except, for, like you said, Madden, I guess, does some restructure. I don't know. I don't play sports games. I see people throw pigskin, and I just go, okay, whatever. You're throwing a ball in the air. I'm just going to chew clap. on these chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll chew on chicken wings and, and say I hate everybody ever, and then make everyone mad and then watch them go nuts. That's what I get out of it. <laughs> But to wrap it all up and bring it together, I wanted to say this. I I feel that we should love doing this. We should keep making these games that are cherished. And I wouldn't say go back and revisit every last one of them and bring mm-hmm. it forward. There's no need for that. But some of these awesome, great games, the best of the best, especially like, take an example for like the PlayStation bestsellers. Mm-hmm. You know, the ones they put on their greatest hits, you know, that kind of stuff. I feel like those should be remastered, redone. Or uh, whatever the word for just cleaning them up and bringing them forward is, at least do that to keep it relevant and in the in the population's eye or mindset, so that way they don't just die on the vine and never come back again. Well, see, another good thing you just sparked in my brain again: Final Fantasy VII. For the latest re-releases, they had the, you know, you can skip your random battles or you can do this. They had little tweaks you could make to the game itself. It was still the same game, looked the same, played the same. But it had all these options for you, the you know, the current day player, where you could change the systems around. And while you were talking about, you know, making improvements and changing things, it sparked in my brain again, Final Fantasy VIII. I've said to you a million times, I wish I could go back and play through it and beat it, because I played through, you know, a big chunk of it. But when you start that game and it is fifteen minutes of straight tutorials, mm-hmm. I take my controller and I go, Nope. Got no time for this. So yep. if you re-release that with the option to skip a tutorial or speed up the text or hold circle to just speed through it, stuff like that, like nothing 
things don't always have to be remastered, but if you re-release it and make those tweaks to it to make it easier to play, eh, maybe maybe there you go. I don't know. Well, and that's what some of them are doing. Take, for example, what we Mm -hmm. talked about, the Resident Evil 2 remake. They got rid of all the tank controls. They they modded it up to the brand new way we play those types of games. So mm-hmm. the smooth controls, smooth everything. Got rid of a lot of the clunkiness through getting through the doors and stuff instead of the the big blackness and the door going. And the door going. Yeah. No. Now you now you just do it like a slow creaking open, mm-hmm. but you're still in the game. You're still very much in there instead of taking you out of it. Yeah. So you still get the surprise where like there could be a zombie on the other side, and if while you're opening it, it just like rips open the door and it comes lunging at you. You, you still get the shock value, you still get the scare factor, except you don't have that whole, oh, okay, it's a video game, here's a actual loading screen, stuff like that, made it fantastic, everyone thought it was great, I thought it was great, they added a couple, they even added like a new, in, you know, the baddie in there, yeah, the yeah, bad the, guy the in there, and, dude, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so they thought, you know, hey, spice it up with that, that worked out, everybody loved it, it stayed true to the Resident Evil vibe, Yeah, everything was done right. It was made by people who loved doing it. Turned out fantastic. Now everyone who never got a chance to play Resident Evil 2 can go play that version and still say it's amazing, just like the individuals who played it originally back in the day would have, and everybody wins. Yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, man. Yeah, so everybody wins, Matt. Everybody wins, man. I don't know. I might still go sit on my porch with, with no socks and shoes on and just shake my fist. <laughs> shake your fist at the sky. Go play the original versions or die. Plug in my old dusty PS2, PS1 and PS2. I, I would totally do it. I would. I would if yeah, I, I wanted would. to. I just don't, I just don't need to because I remember how good it was. I don't need to replay it again. Exactly, but yes. You should, you should go to the local store with the pregame shop and buy a $100 video game system of the past, buy a $100 game of the past, buy a controller or two, and, and the cords probably, and then come home and plug it in and play. Now, see, I will say the beauty of the world we live in is just download an emulator and just play those games. I'm not advocating piracy, no, no, but I'm saying man. you oh, should just man. do it because you can do it for free. Well, you know what? Now we've been shut I'm down. Not gonna, shut down yep. internet police. Woo, woo, woo. I'm not condoning any of that. Third shift proper does not condone what Matt does in his spare time. He is not affiliated with third shift in his spare time. <laughs> Oh, goodbye, everybody. Uh, it's been nice being on these podcasts. God bless. But hey, what do you guys all think out there? Are you cool with these all these games being redone, remastered, remade, reimagined, whatever it be? Or do you wish they would stay in the past where they were and everyone focused on making new IPs, original stuff, or, of course, carrying on these you know, Madden freaking 27s and Mortal Kombat 11s and whatever? How do you feel? I want to know. Because it's an interesting topic, and I don't have too many people I can talk to at work about it. So I'm talking to you. <laughs> Before we get too, too into that topic, let's wrap it up. Imposters wrap up. So yes, what do you guys think? Let us know. And hey, if you got any questions, comments, concerns, any kind of feedback at all, give that to us. Send that to us via email at info at thirdshift.me. Tweet it at us at thirdshiftme, or find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Indeed you can. You can also find us over there at Patreon. We have it set up just like a little tip jar. Like what you hear? Consider heading over there and throwing us a buck, two bucks, three bucks, five bucks, thousand bucks, or maybe that coveted million dollars, in which case we will set up a food lion, run it, put little babies in jars in there, 
have cameras set up, mascots being Danny, running around doing all sorts of crazy stuff. It'll be a good time. So consider throwing us a million bucks. If you cannot do that, I understand. Money's tight. You got to pay those bills. You got to buy your groceries. Maybe pick a pack of cigarettes or cigarros. Whatever you got to do, man. Or woman. Or child. Whoever's listening. No child. Matter. Child should not pick up the cigarros or the cigarettes, though. <laughs> no. Hey, you know what? In third world countries, you can do whatever you want, Matt. There's no rules. Send Eric to jail for child endangerment. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. If I'm going down, I'm taking you with me. Taking me with me. All right. Oh, that's fine. I'll go again. <laughs> What'd you say, Eric? <laughs> Nothing. Hey, uh, those who have donated in the past and are currently donating, we appreciate you all very, very much. It helps keep the lights on and everything running here at Third Shift. You are all very much appreciated. And if you cannot donate, consider maybe giving us the likes, all the things that are nice on the Twitters, the Facebooks, the five stars over at the iTunes, or head on over to Twitch where we go ahead and stream all sorts of cool stuff. Danny's back in it, rocking it out. Mm-hmm. Matt's been there the whole time. Rage 2 comes out tomorrow. You'll be seeing me and Matt playing that one. Oh, yeah. So, Maybe go over there, throw the button, clickety-clack-clack, follow us, subscribe, Amazon Prime, you know how it goes, any of those things. (laughs) And of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 28th of May for our very next episode. And you can find that episode on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, review, a comment, a subscription, and you got a good thing on any of those good services, because it does help us out. And we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do, and we appreciate those five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars, five stars. Ooh, I gotta go, it's time to run, run, run. So give me a five star to propel me to the stars. Woohoo, bye, bye now. And other than that, for IG2G, I'm Matt, he's Eric, Danny's on the edit. There's nothing else to say, but don't do not forget, forget to save. save.